The Leafs fall to Buffalo in front of a packed crowd, and you should hear some of these comments being thrown around in the postgame presser. Yikes. We'll break it all down on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. With me, I got my co-host here on the show. It's Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. And just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating and review as well. That'd be much, much appreciated. You can also check us out on YouTube. So go click subscribe. You can find us locked on Leafs on YouTube. And once we get to 500 subscribers, we'll be doing a giveaway. So make sure that you are subscribed so you can be eligible to uh, to get the, the the Leaf swag that we'll be giving away once we hit that uh, that mark right there. Um, man, David, boy, I don't even know how, like really what we're going to talk about for the next little bit. We're, we're about to spit some fire. I'm about to tell y'all right now. That was just a piss poor effort. The Maple Leafs losing to the Buffalo Sabres, uh, five to one in front of the packed Scotiabank arena crowd, which for the first time they're able to have full crowd in months. And that's the effort that the Maple Leafs give tonight. That was embarrassing. That was that was to use Sheldon Keefe's comments, and we're going to break down some of these quotes that were, you know, talked about by uh, by Keefe, Riley, Sandine, a lot of stuff being talked about post game, a lot of very honest chatter too. But Sheldon Keefe called this game uh, brutal from start to finish and said that the team was abysmal. I agree. Every single player on that team should donate their game check to some sort of charity because they didn't deserve it. Yeah, they didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. Did they Dave? No. Good Lord have mercy. I thought the wake up call was against the Montreal Canadians. What do you call this? Yeah. What do you call this? I mean, outside of the wild game, have they really played a good game since then? No, because they've given up like 20 goals in the last five games. That's like, what I mean. That, that game was like, what was that last Monday? Yeah, last That's Monday was was a game, and then the next night they lose to Columbus. No, they right? lost. So no, the Columbus one was the day after the Montreal game. Yeah, sorry, the Montreal game. I thought you were talking yeah. about the ball game. Yep, you're right. No, no, no. So so the next day after after the wake up game, they lose to Columbus in overtime. Right? They, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It was it was a bad game. Then they play well, lock it down, have a, a solid. You know, low event, sound, defensive hockey game. They played their style. They did what they did, and they won the game. Fantastic. And then whatever the hell that was in Detroit, yeah, we could throw that out the window. That clearly wasn't good hockey. Uh, And then the other night in Washington, they played well. I thought they played decent. It wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they were the better team. They deserved to win, and they did. And then tonight... They go out against one of the worst teams in the league who are coming in on a six-game losing streak. Literally one of the worst teams in hockey, and they get pumped 5-1. 5-1, Dave. There was no pulse. 
There was no pulse from this team tonight. That was the thing that upset me more. And, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll get into these comments a little bit more. But the effort level from pretty much everybody wasn't there. Like, usually usually you can single out, you know, maybe there's a a, a player here or a player there who, who played well that we can single out and give one of our three stars. There's no three stars today. There's no three stars today because there wasn't one star that deserved it, that deserved to get his tire pump tonight. There not really wasn't. Half a star. It can't even not, be half a star. No, not even half a star. That's right. Not even half a star. If you went and you got into a fight with Chris Rock from Longest Yard, you're losing to that half a star right there. Like, it was legitimately an embarrassing effort um, from, from start to finish. I, you know what's sad, though? Like, early on in the game, and there was coming into the game, this was one where they're like, oh, well, you know, we we're going to experiment with some things. So they did some experimentation with the blue line. They put Riley and and, uh, and uh, Sandine together. And early on, I was like, this looks OK. You know, they, they scored a goal early and, you know, Sandine made a nice play on the two on one, defended it very well. I'm like, OK, maybe we got something here. And then it all fell apart in the second and third period. I think they ended up being on the ice for three of the five goals against tonight. Um, some real big blunders from from Sandine. Not his best game for sure. And at the end of the day, um, it just it, it all kind of went crashing downhill right from the get-go. I mean, you, you take a penalty two minutes into the game, then you allow them to score on that power play. It's a, you know, it, it goes off of Morgan Riley, but it's just right from the get-go, it seemed like it was bad news bears. They never got up, never woke up, never really controlled that game. Like typically when we see games like this where at least we can say, well, they controlled the game. You know, like there were there were moments where they were in the offensive zone for like two, three minutes, like solid shifts. They're on the fly making changes and sustaining pressure. I don't really recall much of that tonight. Do you? They got bullied. They got pushed around. Like you, uh, that. especially in the defensive end, in their own end, fighting oh. for pucks in the in behind the goal. Like that's how a lot of Buffalo's goals were scored, right? And on the forecheck, create a turnover in the defensive end, and then they had guys going screaming to the net, and they're able to score all of their goals within, um, you know, from from in below the hash marks, in below the dot, right there in the slot. Like they just got bullied straight up. Considering all the talk about the goaltending and how dreadful the goaltending has been, way to really help out your goaltending by leaving guys wide open in the slot. Rasmus Sandin got pushed out of the way in front of the net. Yeah. He proceeded to a goal. Like, like it wasn't like he got pushed by a guy who was like six foot three, 220 pounds. It was Victor Olofsson. <laughs> like come on yeah it's like it was you know the, the giant six foot seven tage thompson which tage thompson did push him away and get a goal on him you know but that was the other goal that we're talking about you know like that that it was that kind of game for rasmus sandine where it's like no no i'm talking about the other goal that he was on the ice for that he directly was a result of through bad defensive play like you know he, he spoke about a post game but the one on tage thompson i was i was texting with frank carrado during the game and, and he's like man that that's a play that you got to dump into the corner. And, you know, Sandine, I'm sure that's what he was trying to do, you know, dump that into the corner, but he whiffs on it and Tage Thompson makes no mistake and he roofs that one and puts it past. And that was what the 3-1 goal, I want to say. Maybe that was the 2-1 goal. Um, no. Goal. Yeah, I think that was a 3-1 goal. So, 
it was just um, at the end of the day, just a, a, not a good night for for Rasmus Sandin and Morgan Riley. And, and post game, Sheldon Keith was asked point blank, "You gonna go back to the well there? You gonna give that another try?" His answer, probably not. <laughs> that's it. Two words. That was it. Probably not. And uh, I think that's code for absolutely effing not. Um, and it's a, it's 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 it, it sucks because I was hoping that Sandine would have a much better, you know, output tonight, and it looked good through the first 15, 20 minutes, but then you know the wheels fell off, and yeah, they got caught a lot in their own end, and bad things happened when they were out there on the ice trying to defend uh, their own goal. Um, why don't we take a quick break and we can continue talking about this game, dive a little bit more into the post-game conference, press conferences, because, yeah, there were some quotes out here that were just, uh, boy, they were throwing missiles, <laughs> missiles to the media about their efforts tonight uh, from everybody. No one was happy about it. So why don't we go over some of those quotes that were coming from the Maple Leafs tonight. But before we get there, why don't I tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Alongside me, my co-host, Dave Morissuti. We're the hosts of Locked On Lease, which is a daily Maple Leafs podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts uh, via the audio form. For the video form, you can go check us out now on YouTube, uh, Locked On Leafs. Um, Dave, uh, just a uh, you know, piss-poor effort. 5-1 loss. Um Maple Leafs losing to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I guess before we get into some of these other comments here made by some of the players, do you have you know one kind of final remark you want to make here before we get to what the players and coaches had to say? If if they don't come out with any sort of semblance of an effort against Vancouver Canucks, I don't know what Kyle Dubas is going to do. Like I if, I don't know how Kyle can look at this team and just be like, because it's it's. How you respond to a bad game, you can have a bad game. It's how you respond. And that's at this point, you had a bad game. You can't just flush it. You have to learn from it. And you have to, I want to see what they do in the next game because it's an opponent that they lost. They had a pretty miserable effort against the Canucks when they played them in Vancouver. So I want to see when they have a couple of days off to see how they respond. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, it's got to be a better effort. Curious who starts in goal. Oh, I can't believe it's just like Peter Morazic didn't make the save to give them a chance. No, but he wasn't the reason they lost either. So like if Jack, if, if Jack Campbell feels okay to go back in. Okay. I, at this point, there hasn't been any consistency with this goaltending, so you can't even say that. You know, let's give Peter another shot because I just don't know what I just don't know what's the right thing to do. Yeah, it's 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 becoming a a problem. I mean, it's been a problem for a little while, yeah. but you but know, as you approach, just... yeah, as you approach closer to the trade deadline, it's it's becoming even more of a, a glaring issue here and. 
We're going to play some Cosine No Sign later. I cannot confirm nor deny that there will be a question about the goaltending going forward. I cannot confirm nor deny, though, David. Why Why? Why are you taking my favorite game and then making me hate it? <laughs> because, because I am. Um, it's not your fault. It's okay. <laughs> Speaking of Peter Mrazek, though, why don't, why don't we start there? We're going to start with, with what Sheldon Keefe had to say on Peter Mrazek and his game uh, tonight. Um, you know, he was asked uh, to assess Mrazek's game tonight, given how the team played in front of him. And he said, quote, you know, you need to get a save or two in there. That's part of the goalie's job. But one's a redirection. There's basically a tap in with the other guy wide open in front of the net. They got a chance in the slot tonight that we did not get. You have to give Buffalo credit. We didn't do enough to earn the space, and we were content to play in the perimeter. Um, and that's that's true. Like, if you go and you look at the heat map, there's a, a big, massive circle in front of Peter Morazic. Not much, uh, not much color out in front of Craig Anderson, who at 40 years old became the oldest goaltender to win a game this season. And yeah, the Leafs were pretty content to to shoot from the perimeter. And obviously, th- three of the five goals that uh, three of the four goals at f- at five on five scored for um, scored for Buffalo. They came right there in the slot, right in front of of, of Peter Morazic. But as he alluded to, you got to make a couple of saves there. That's your that's your job is to make that save, and that's been the biggest issue with these goaltenders. They haven't been able to make those one or two key saves, and they're allowing those back breaking goals. That's just kind of sinking the team. Yeah, especially like, like the first goal of the game, like Morgan Riley. What are you doing blocking? Like, give Peter Morazic a chance there on that first one. Well, I don't think he meant to block the shot. Right. I think he was just kind of skating across and it hit him. Like, that's just a bad luck play all around. But, you know, a couple of the other goals, yeah. I mean, you know, Rasmus Sandin, oh. um, did, you know, the couple goals that he was there for. Even the one, like, he doesn't cleanly take the pass from Muzzin and then, or from uh, Morgan Riley. And Jeff Skinner's like, oh, thank you. I'll take that puck, take it all the way down the ice and score a nice little breakaway goal to really solidify this lead here. Like, it just wasn't a good night overall for, for that group. Um, this is what Keith had to say on Sandine. Uh, there were some things there that, sorry, yeah, there were some things where the focus would be on him. Some of the mistakes around the goals, it's a complete mess around him. The three forwards on the ice is part of the goaltender. There's not much happening there, so let's not focus too much on Rasmus. So that's what he had to say, but Sandine wasn't too pleased with uh, with his efforts. Sandine said, it's Buffalo. No disrespect to them or anything, but that's a team that we should beat. Yeah, you should, Rasmus. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you should beat them, but you didn't. And you're a big reason why that didn't happen, buds. You just didn't have a good game, you know? I I don't know. Like, like at this point, how many times have we heard them say that we should beat this team? But they couldn't. Like Dude, it's Montreal, you should beat them. Columbus, you should beat them. Arizona, you should absolutely beat them. Buffalo, you should beat them. They've lost to all of these teams. All of these teams. Like since the new year. And these are these are that is eight valuable points that they really need. Like they're in a dog fight here in the hardest division. You can't be losing games to the Buffalo freaking Sabres, man. And not just losing them, but like getting jobs, getting worse. Even that they lost. It's that Buffalo is just like, Hey, like, like I'm, I'm serious. I guarantee Sabres fans are singing that all night long. Yeah. And even though it's a Bills song. 
Um, Sheldon Keefe with some pretty choice words about his team's offense today, which I have a, I have a, a startling statistic to share as well off of this. Um, yeah, so this is what he had to say about the team's offense. Quote, we have every reason to believe the team was ready to play today. The fans are back at home, should have confidence in the way that we're here to play, uh, the way that we've played as of late. I like how we defend in the first period. I thought we did a good job of that. But offensively, in terms of how we play with the puck, really careless, and we just didn't have much happen offensively. Just it was we were abysmal tonight. All four lines. Abysmal tonight. All four lines. And look, they've relied a lot on that top line, the Matthews, Bunting, and Marner line as of late to, to score a lot for them, right? Like they've just been on a torrid pace here and you knew it was going to cool down. But when it cooled down, you knew you had to get that depth scoring. They got that in Washington, but it didn't come here. Guys like Tavares and Nylander, nothing. Gave you nothing tonight. The third line was decent. They had a couple of opportunities. Engvall, and Engvall probably had the best chance out of everybody to score a goal on that breakaway on, on Craig Anderson. Made a couple of nice stops, even on the rebound. But outside of that, I mean, there was really no chances tonight. Like, no. they got nothing. But when you look at the 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 lines as a whole, the, the, the startling statistic that I have for you here, um, that top line of Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner, who's been – outstanding recently and they're due to have a game like this by no means am i at all worried or break this up i'm just telling you this is a statistic from tonight it's a straight up fact but in the 12 minutes and 42 seconds of five on five ice time they had a grand total of six shot attempts not shots but all six shot attempts on goal tonight just two actual shots on goal through those attempts I mean, that's that's pretty pretty indicative, and, and, and that's clearly not good enough. And those six attempts tied with the fourth line who played half the amount of time on ice as they did. Generated the same amount of shot attempts. Austin Matthews can have 11 attempts on his own in a game. That just shows how much that top line struggled. And that's the part that's frustrating is that, you know what, the top teams like Buffalo are going to hone in on that Matthews line and say, you know what, we're just going to try to stop them. And if they beat us with the other guys, well, they're better than us because they have the depth and their plan worked because nobody else could step up. And Sheldon Keith decided to make changes to the lineup when like late in the third period, like midway through the third period. Like I think after, after like midway through the second period, I think you got to be like, we can't let Buffalo continue to think that get the confidence that they clearly had after that second period. And like, I don't fault the Matthews Marner bunting trio at all because they've, they've been the workhorse for so long that yeah, you're, you're due for a bit of a letdown in the game. Cause that's just how it usually happens. Teams figure out, all right, they've relied heavily on that top line. We're going to try to stop them. That's what Buffalo did. Yeah. And then, you know, they did a good job clogging up the neutral zone. They didn't allow them to to do anything into the middle of the ice. Like, let me see exactly what their average shot distance was tonight. Cause I bet you their average shot distance was at least was more than 40, probably more than 50 feet. Yeah. 53 feet from the net was the average shot distance tonight for, uh, for the Maple Leafs. Let's see what it was for Buffalo 41. 
So the Buffalo Sabres were shooting on average from 12 feet closer to the net than the Toronto Maple Leafs were tonight. I mean, you're not going to win a game if like, and if you look at, and, and you brought up the heat map, if you look at the heat map and you see where the G's are, where the goals came from for Buffalo right in the slot, and where you see the majority of the chances for Toronto, like a bigger part of the heat map came from that. For the point, you know, left point. The point, the, which they don't score a lot from the point. So I don't know why they thought that was the strategy that was going to work against Buffalo. Because that's what, like Sheldon Keefe was saying, our offense was kept to the perimeter. And that's what it was kept to the perimeter. You just got to try and get shots through. And that's where you're shooting from. They're low percentage shots. That's what they were. Low percentage shots. That's what they really, that's all they were doing tonight. And uh, let me see who led the team in shots tonight. I don't even think, because Matthews only had a couple on a, by himself. It was probably like, maybe even like Pierre Engvall who may have led the team. He did. He had five shots on goal to lead the team. Morgan Riley, which makes sense when you look at, at the, the blue line with four shots. Justin Hall with three. Same with TJ Brody. So like their defensemen actually may have outshot their forwards tonight. Like that might have legitimately happened. You you said you want to see more offense from the from the defense, but that's not that's not that's, I, that's not what we meant. More, sorry, let me rephrase it then. I want to see more production from the back end. Okay, I want to see what we saw the other night when Justin Hall was filling his ass in right in front of the goal and stuffing it into the back of the net. I wanted to see Rasmus Sandin in the first period when he took that nice pass from Michael Buntinger and, uh, and and Mitch Marner, which that was a good play. They didn't, So it's not like that that line did absolutely nothing tonight. That was a real solid play on that first goal. We should give them a little bit of love there. But outside of that, basically invisible. Um, and it's funny because all three of those guys who factored in on that goal didn't really have a good game tonight. <laughs> like, they didn't do anything after that. That's, that's the bad part is, like, when the line that doesn't do much is the only line that actually got something into the, like, actually scored for you. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Not uh, not good. Not good. But, yeah, they'll have to get back, uh, back on their hind horse on Saturday. They got the Vancouver Canucks. I'll say this, though. I, I did like what I heard coming out of least practice, like, or out of postgame because, you know, there wasn't any, ah, there's lessons to be learned here. There wasn't anyone saying, um, you know, what was the phrase that he used the one time? It was lessons. Oh, he's a wake-up call. Like, that wasn't there. You know, like, that wasn't, he was just flat out. That was terrible from start to finish was what, uh, was yeah, what he was. There was no sugarcoating going on. No, 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 not at all. Like, he was just straight up blunt about how the team, everybody, like legitimately all of them. I mean, Keith's first words of his press conference were, quote, it was terrible from start to finish. That was the very first thing that he said. Morgan Riley, when you look at the game and look at the effort, it was disappointing. Like they know that tonight they did not show up. They know that. But the problem, I think the problem is like, how do you not dig yourself out of that if you notice that? midway yeah. through the game like how don't you have somebody there like how is Wayne how's John Tavares Wayne Simmons Jason Spezza like these guys need to pull you pull you out of that funk that you're in and get you back into the groove and get that energy back you know yeah. put a pulse into that game but no not really much of anything tonight from anybody but 
Yeah, these stinkers happen, I suppose. Uh, but it's got to be a much better effort Saturday night in Vancouver. This was the first night, uh, the first of, of six games in a row where they played non-playoff teams. They got to pick up points here. Not only because they have an opportunity to take the lead in the division, but at this point, it, try and stay within the division here and don't lose these games that you could easily make up some ground. So uh, it'll be an interesting next couple of next couple of days here uh, in Leafland as as you know everyone dissects this game with a fine tooth comb to see what exactly went wrong and how things can be better for uh, for Vancouver. But what I can tell you is I don't believe Rasmus Sandin and Morgan Riley will be together. I'd like to see Uya Labushkin get an opportunity with with, with Morgan Riley. Put uh, Labushkin up there and, and see how that fits. I think that's, if you're going to be experimenting, why not give that a go? Give him a, a defensive defenseman because th- clearly having two offensively driven, offensively minded defensemen, you know, Morgan Riley has obviously improved in his own end this season, but having two guys like that who play too similar of a game didn't work out. You need to have that stabilizing defensive force there for, for one of these guys. Especially if you're committed to doing TJ Brody and Justin Hall as a pairing. Yeah. Which like- I don't mind. So I, I, I don't mind. So if you want to keep, giving them experience together, getting, you know, allowing them to gain a little bit of chemistry here. Maybe try Labushkin up on the top pair and see how that works out. All right, let's take one more quick break. When we get back, let's play some cosine, no sign, Dave. It's one of our favorite games here on the Locked on These podcast. So that's what's coming up uh, right after a word from our show sponsors. Welcome back into Locked On Leafs. I'm Mike DiStefano. Alongside me, I've got Dave Morissuti. Maple Leafs falling 5-1 to the Buffalo Sabres tonight, but we're going to put that game in the rearview mirror for now. We're going to move on and play one of our favorite games here. If you're new to the podcast, we play this once a week, typically on a Wednesday or a Thursday, um, but we play it at least once a week. It's called Cosign No Sign. The way that it goes is one, uh, Dave and myself have we got three statements that we want to make here. And if we agree with the statement, we're going to co-sign it. If we disagree with the statement, we're going to no-sign it. So, Dave, why don't you go first? Give me your first statement here for co-sign, no-sign. All right. Going into Saturday's game, Sheldon Keith makes significant changes to the Tavares line. Oh, oh boy. I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. It's only oh, God. What, what do you classify as significant? Would that mean like? Willie's off the line either Willie's off the like like what they did at one point in the third period which was Willie was off that line and Mitch Marner was on that line uh, or it could even just no be sign no 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 sign no sign no sign because I, I don't think that's going to happen I mean y- you tried at the end of that game just to whatever wake up the team give it some sort of different look but at the end of the day I think we'll we'll see them skating back together at practice again tomorrow um if there's any change at all, something I would welcome, take Kerfoot off that line and give yeah, Nick Robertson an opportunity. That would be the game. And hey, 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 who are they playing this Saturday? The old Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver, Van City. Who might be interested in a Nick Robertson in a potential trade? Maybe Vancouver. So you give them a nice little showcase with him in the top six. Huh? So if you consider that to be significant, then I'll co-sign it. But if you're talking Tavares and Nylander broken up and, and the top line broken up, I had a no-sign that one, pal. 
I even think Kurt, moving Kerfoot's a bit of a significant move because that's you're making a change. That's then, gonna... then I'll co-sign it. Then right. I'll co-sign that one for you. All right, uh, first one from me. We've been trying to have this discussion for a couple of days now, and I thought we've, no been, we've been avoiding this like the plot. yeah. No better way to bring this in than than with a co-sign, no sign. The Toronto Maple Leafs need to add another goalie at the deadline. Not whether or not they will or won't, but they need to or they should. Worry on that one. I'm going to co-sign. I think they do need to because... Literally yesterday, we both said no. And after today's performance, yeah. like, nah, maybe. <laughs> it, it, it's just like I have I have less... I actually have less faith in Mrazek than... I do with Campbell just because at least we've seen something with Campbell and stretch right. good stretches with Campbell. Mrazic, I like this was his first time having consecutive games. Yeah. I've like in the last like he just hasn't done anything for me. And like he I was good I, the last couple of years in Carolina. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like this guy's never proven that he's a quality goaltender. I mean, this guy's had like a very like, oh, yeah. solid, solid career the last few seasons. But yeah, it hasn't gone well so far here in Toronto. And Carolina is also just a very good defensive team. Yes, like, like they're yeah like, those breakdowns in front, like you saw tonight with, with you know Sandine uh, just getting pushed around, and and also we didn't really even talk about this. We barely ever throw shade at him, but I'm not exactly sure what the hell uh, TJ Brody was doing um, chasing that puck in behind on the was it the Ocpozo goal. Yeah, I just he was Ocpozo. Yeah, like he just took the angle around this net, and then Dylan Cousins was like, Okay, I'm just gonna pass it this way out in front to the guy in the slot, and then boom, I think that was the 4 1 goal. I want to say perhaps no, which one was it? That was the fifth goal, the fifth goal. Yeah, yeah, fifth goal. Yeah, Brody chased him behind the goal and left Ocpozo. Yeah, that was just bizarre, but yeah, so that stuff, I guess, doesn't happen too, too much. Uh, ooh, there's a breaking news of a trade, actually, as we do this. Looks like the Edmonton Oilers, speaking of goaltenders, oh, no. have acquired a goaltender, Dave. The Edmonton Oilers have acquired a goaltender. They have acquired Alex Stalock. <laughs> what? San Jose Sharks. Out of all goaltenders to get from the San Jose Sharks, uh, you go for Alex Stalock? Alex Stalock, not James Reimer. Not James Reimer, Alex Stalock. Okay. All right. Shout out to our friends over at Locked On Sharks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I, they sent a little pre in our group chat. They sent a little preview of their talk about, I guess, their most recent game. Uh-huh. I didn't realize James Reimer had started the last 14 games for the Sharks. Dude, he's their number one. Like, like pure number one. Like, holy he's smokes. Guy. Yeah, he's their guy. He's their guy. I mean, dude, we're we're talking about this right now. Toronto adding another goaltender. I mean, at this point, who do you feel more comfortable with? Would you feel more comfortable with James Reimer, Jack Campbell, or Peter Mrazek? Oh, my God. That's a good one. Because the the problem is, when it comes to Leafs goalies, like who's out there that's a realistic option to upgrade on what you got? You know what I mean? Like, there's not much out there. Then what's it going to cost, right? So, Braden Holpe, perhaps he he could be available out in Dallas. Would he be an upgrade? 
probably he does have a winning pedigree as well. Mm-hmm. Varlamov, I think, would be an upgrade, but that's you get into you know a money you issue. Is not get, making that any easy on you. No, and, and he has a lot of suitors. Yeah, and, and then Mark Andre Fleury, latest reports is he may even want to stay in Chicago, so that may even be totally out of the cards. John Gibson, that's not happening. It's a pipe dream that that most Leaf fans have. So, like, is James Reimer the best option, like, realistic option that won't cost you much, it's affordable, and he may be able to compete with these guys and, and you know, come out on top? Because, like, I I think the Leafs are better. Like, the Leafs are better than the Sharks. So yeah. you have to think that yeah, James yeah. Reimer would have a little more success in Toronto, like you didn't think that when James Ryan was last year in Toronto, this is a significantly different and better roster than what he would come to, like than what he had before. Like, I can't, like, I'm not saying that you're gonna go out and throw everything you have to go and acquire James Reimer because it's not like he's been, you know, Vesna caliber, but he's, I think he's been a lot more consistent than a guy like Peter Morazic. And, you know, maybe San Jose thinks that. You know, you take Morazic and something else off the Leafs' hand, and mm-hmm. they pair. Mor- I just think that maybe there's a fit there. And this is not about Jane. I'm not Steve Dangle. I don't have this James Reimer nostalgia. I just look at the fact that Reimer has at least shown he's had the workload of a starter and hasn't been totally terrible. The only bad month he's had was January. Every other month, he's been average to above average. He was really great at the start of the year. Like for the first month, two months, maybe even like he was up there with Jack Campbell among like the top of the league. And he's someone who's also kind of fallen back to, you know, back into things here. But, you know, for the season, he's a 916 save percentage of 284 goals against. And when you look at what we got cooking here for Mr. Peter Morazic, Coming into tonight, so these numbers are definitely going to go down. An 895 save percentage and a 307 goals against average. That's the type of goaltending that got, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Leafs goaltender that they had with Mike Babcock waved after like 10 games. Uh, Jonas Enroth. Oh, yeah. You remember the Jonas Enroth era? Like that got him waved out of Toronto. McElhinney, obviously, they got him. Like, I, like at what point do you 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 made a pretty decent commitment to this goaltender, and he he has not made the saves. Well, that's why you get into this 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 discussion. This cosign no sign totally ended up getting hijacked here, but that's okay because this is an important conversation. Mm-hmm. But this is why you get into the discussion with Peter Morazic and with the whole goaltending situation where. You know, now we're sitting here after two starts and it's okay, probably going to go back to Jack Campbell and see if he can get his game back in order after being out for a week and being able to practice and work on his game. But at the same time, I look at Peter Morazic and you're right. They paid this guy. They invested into this guy $3.8 million over the next few seasons to be the insurance policy in case Jack Campbell faltered. Jack Campbell has faltered. But they don't feel comfortable letting him take the ball, take the reins here no. and run with it. And I think that's kind of telling to what they actually how they actually believe, how little they believe in Peter Morazic, is it not? I think so. I do think so because it's been injury, it's been poor performance. The very thing that you know Detroit got away from him, and then Carolina, 
He had good seasons in Carolina, as you said. And guess what? Carolina's like, nah, we're going to go out and try to do better. And they have. And, and, and who did they go out and get? Yeah. Like, I like Frederick Anderson could very well. I mean, if it's just Sturkin, I think it's his to lose for the Vesna. But Frederick Anderson is going to be a finalist for the Vesna. Oh, that might be a little stretch. I'm going to no sign that, pal. No sign that at all. No. Just, I mean, I'm... there's like 16 other goaltenders. <laughs> no, there's like four of the goalies I would put ahead of him. I would definitely put, if my ballot was today, I think Shesterkin, Soros, and Markstrom would be on my ballot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Markstrom. Sorry, yeah. Calgary. Even that, I mean, th- th- this season also that um, – uh, who's the goalie out in Pittsburgh? Why am I blanking here? Oh, uh, Jari. Jari. Yeah, Jari's having an unbelievable year as well. I think he'd be in that conversation. But, hey, top five goalie in the league this year. I think he's he's in that conversation at the very least, to your point. I don't know. Like, I look at Peter Morazic and has he stolen a game at all this year? Like, I really don't know if he's stolen a game. The best game that he's had in terms of save percentage is that game against Minnesota. That's but brutal. that was just low event. Like, like, they, like it wasn't like a hard night for him. It wasn't difficult. Yeah, he 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 played really well when he came into relief in that game against New Jersey. Um, I'll say that stop nineteen of twenty. Yeah, like that's stop a game you should win, and they had like, yeah. But he came in like in relief. That's a difficult situation, and he 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 stopped the bleeding and kept them. You know, allowed them to come back to win the game. And then outside of that, I mean, that's kind of it. Like, and that's the problem. They're re- like well in, in New York that one night against the Islanders. And um, the Islanders were terrible. Like, it wasn't like the Islanders were firing at all cylinders at that yeah. time. Yeah, like Peter Mrazek, he hasn't stolen a game. He hasn't given this team any reason to give him the reins. And they, like, despite, like, clearly being in position where he can take the ball and run with it, but he just hasn't been able to do it. And I wonder if that will result in Kyle Dubas and company looking to the trade market and finding an upgrade there. It, it very well could happen. It very well could happen. Um, You want to do one more cosine? No sign. We kind of. Yeah, no, I'll just do one more. I think yeah. Um, we kind of talked about my second one anyway. So I'll go to my third one. Trading for a defenseman is now the a must. Like they have no choice but to trade for a defenseman at the trade deadline. No, cosine. I think that was already that was already kind of a game. Like we were talking about do they go for forward? Do they go for like no, you you scratch the forward, you scratch the goaltender, like you you have sights set on a on a defenseman. Well, I don't I don't know if necessarily like if you had one move to make, I mean they may be able to make a, a couple of moves here. Yeah, you know, I, I think they have the bullets in the chamber to pull a deal off to, let's say, Ben Sherratt's the guy or Josh Manson's the guy. Apparently, Hampus Lindholm is now the new favorite that all the insiders are are really liking to, to toss his name out there. So let's maybe say Hampus Lindholm is that guy. You know, do you have the assets to maybe get a Hampus Lindholm and then also go shore up your goaltending and then maybe get like a top nine forward, somebody who's got a little bit of of some offense to him that can jump up into the play. Like, I mean, Alex Galchenyuk was a player last year who no one expected to turn into a top six guy. And he actually was a decent fit with Nylander and Tavares. Can they maybe find a diamond in the rough in the way that they have on the first line with Michael Bunting 
somewhere for cheap in the trade market. You know, I think there's potential there to make another move. So I don't know if that necessarily means that the, the defense would be the only play there, but I think it is certainly a must play. And if you had to pick only one, I would say probably the defense and, and the Jake Muzzin injury changes that conversation. You know, like it, it totally takes a hit to this team's depth. You saw it tonight. They had to go and play Rasmus Sandin up on the top pair. And clearly he's not ready for that. I think the other thing is when you, I, I think with the Ford, if the, if the Leafs can somehow find a similar, I'm not, you're not going to find another Michael Bunting, but if they can find someone that has that potential, that maybe another team just doesn't realistically have. Like, I mean, can Nick Ritchie not maybe be a similar player to that? Well, I just think that, you know, someone that maybe... Sorry, Robertson, not Ritchie, Nick, Nick yeah. Robertson. Sorry. Well, that's why I was hoping Nick Robertson would be that, but he's not given the chance. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, and he, I think he ended up playing a couple of shifts late in the game there tonight. And he had 11 bar- minutes, which was better than five minutes. Better than five minutes. And I think I saw he played, uh, like, like two minutes with Tavares and Nylander. So he got like a couple of full shifts, a, a decent look there. Uh, but the game was over and it was kind of just everyone had their, you know, eyes set on uh, on the game being over and just kind of looking at the clock, waiting for for the zeros to, to hit. But yeah, I think maybe in, in Saturday's game, you do get a look. We just, we talked about it before, not only because maybe you want to, dangle him as trade bait to Vancouver specifically. So you give him a look there, nice little showcase, but also what if it works and that gels and, and, and all of a sudden you filled that top six need internally and you don't have to spend a pick or prospect to get it done. And maybe your also- homegrown prospect might be good enough. I don't know if that's the case, but at least let's find out. Yeah. Like I've at this point, Alexander Kerfoot, there's not much more he can show me. So give someone else the chance because I, I haven't liked Alexander Kerford's game lately. And when you like you, if you're looking for an easy out in terms of who you can take, you know, pull back a bit, it's Alexander Kerfoot. So let Nick Robertson show that he is better than a better option than Alexander Kerfoot. Let Nick cook. Can we get that trending on, uh, on Twitter? Let Nick cook. What do you think? It might already be trending in a, in a very different way. <laughs> we'll have to come up with a clever one. We'll, we'll, we'll have to come up. That's right. We will. All right. Uh, fun show today, despite it being an absolute tire fire of a game. Um, I think we still ended up having a pretty good show, pretty good discussion on, on that. And, you know, hopefully the Maple Leafs do rebound and it ends up being uh, a much better performance. We just need to see better effort. I think it's, it's the effort that angers Leafs Nation most. It's not the loss. It's not the fact that they took the L. It's the fact that it was just in such poor taste. You know, that that's really what upsets the Maple Leafs. And it was the first night with fans, too. You would have thought that they would have, you know, woke up for that game a little bit, a little bit more than they did. I don't know. I was, I'm sour about it. Sour about it. But say la vie. We'll see what happens on Saturday. 
Uh, that's going to do it for us today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisuti and follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. You can also follow us and subscribe on YouTube as well. That's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Uh, I guess we'll be teeing up the game against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, So that's what we got on deck for you guys tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe so you get that directly to your phone. Uh, But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.